It's Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott, and we read it right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. The sports analyst that covers it all brings it all every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Sometimes they go into overtime. You don't want to miss these two former college football athletes, the Houdat and Niner Gang, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Bang Bang Niner Gang. It's Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott, and we read it right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening. It is Wednesday, 7 p.m. So that means you're tuning in to Sports Talk for K-Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a doozy for you this uh, this evening. We got a lot of stuff happening tonight. We're going to talk uh, NFL, of course, and everything that took place. Cowboys upset by the Cardinals. Dolphins put up 70 on the Broncos. Uh, breaking news, Damon Lillard, if you've been living under a rock for the last couple of hours, few hours, has been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Does that make the Milwaukee Bucks the favorite to win the championship? Also going to talk college football. Going to talk the New York Jets, Colin Kaepernick. Got a plethora of one on the, on the board for you, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we got E. Scott's entertainment segment at the end of the show as well. Um, going to bring in Mr. E. Scott in, in a second as soon as he pops on. But, ladies and gentlemen, again, we're also going to talk, you know, some injuries that took place. Trayvon Diggs went down with the ACL injury uh, for the uh, with the Cowboys, and also. Want to talk? Uh, definitely got to talk about the, the Jets situation. Seems like there's some tension uh, right now uh, brewing in that uh, that locker room. Seems like the defense is or the defense is not too happy with Robert Sala. So we're, we're going to talk about that. Give our thoughts and opinions on that, uh, without question. Colorado also we're going to, we're going to discuss them. Uh, well, I didn't have them winning the game, ladies and gentlemen. I have to be honest with you. I didn't have them winning the game, but. I didn't have them losing the game in the fashion that they uh, uh, that they, they lost. Also, we're going to talk some Mel Tucker as well. But that's some news that's been going on for a couple of weeks now, and he and I have uh, have failed to bring that to you as far as uh, our thoughts and opinions uh, go. So we want to, you know, it seems like he's been railroaded. It seems like it's a setup, and um, definitely can't wait to hear E's thoughts and opinions on that. Also, we're going to have Dr. T later on in the show, and Dr. If you ladies and gentlemen, for our longtime listeners, you know Dr. T comes in and he gives us, uh, you know, his analysis um, as far as different type of injuries, you know, the, how it happens, why it happens, and the uh, the road to recovery, if you will, the process of re- rehabbing that that particular injury. We want to talk about a couple of uh, injuries, and that's the one where the ACL, which uh, which Trayvon Diggs um, had, uh, of course, Nick Chubb with that knee injury, his MCL. All right, uh, looks like we got Mr. E. Scott uh, in the building right now. Let's bring in Mr. E. Scott. How are you doing this evening, my brother? Me and Mariah. Go back like baby for pacifiers, old dirt dog, no liar. Keep your fantasy hot like fire. <laughs> Don't jump. <laughs> Good stuff, brother. Good stuff as always, man. Just giving a monologue there, man. Just uh, just letting your listeners know what we're uh, we're going to be talking about, and uh, you know, talk about Doctor C. Um, he's going to be on later in the show to talk, you know, ACLs, MCLs, and and things of that nature, and uh, and also uh, the ACL joint, um, uh, you know, for you know the ACL for that Trayvon Diggs just um, 
uh, just suffered uh, for sure. But yeah, let's jump into it, man. And I, I, I want to talk about, you know, I know we don't talk about too much basketball. I know we kind of got a, got a, got um, <laughs> some riddle cue, if you will, from a, from a long time listener. So with that being said, let's open up with Dame Lillard, man. Dame Lillard was traded to the uh, to the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks in a three deal uh, a three team trade that included uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously the uh, tr- uh, Portland Trailblazers. And the Phoenix Suns uh, as well, um, just to give it um, some, uh, you know, we got Dame going to the, the, the Bucks get Dame Willard. The uh, the Phoenix Suns they get some uh, some depth. They got uh, they got uh, Grayson uh, Grayson Allen. Uh, I forget who else they have in there, but they picked up some depth. Also, Drew Holiday went from the Bucks to Portland as well. There's some notable names that I want to throw out there, uh, you know, for our listeners. But hey, when you when you when you heard this uh, this deal go down, what was your initial reaction? Well, my initial reaction was because Dame has said unless he changes mind, Dame has said unless you trade me to Miami, whatever team you trade me to, I'm going to immediately request a trade. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, I feel bad for Drew Holiday. So Drew Holiday was, yeah. was a big factor over there. And then yeah. I think uh, unless the Bucks know they're going to be able to keep Dame, I think this will cost them Giannis. If Dame leaves, if he requests a trade, and then mm-hmm. um, Giannis is going to be like, well, hey, you got rid of my guy, Drew Holiday. I mean, I know he still has Chris Milton, but, you mm-hmm. know, there's been rumblings that he's not happy in Milwaukee anyway. If you base it upon, you know, the recent press conferences, and stuff that he's given. He's not shown a commitment to Milwaukee. So right. unless they can get Dame in uniform, I think this ultimately may cost him Giannis. Now, who did Phoenix get out of this deal, and what did they give up? Well, Phoenix Phoenix got – I know they got Grayson Allen. I know they have some depth. Uh, let me just look at the uh, the trade here real quick. I should have had that up. Grayson uh, Allen is one of the dirtiest players I ever seen back when he was at dirty. He was dirty. He, he was terrible. You know, I'm, I'm a, yeah, yeah the, you know, the, I'm a Tar Heel fan, so, you know, in my opinion, he's the dirtiest player uh, <laughs> of all time. And that's my all opinion. I know about him, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, right. All I remember from him was him, him being dirty. I can't tell you nothing else about it. I didn't even know he was still in the league. But when they yeah, said right. the name, I'm like, oh, the dirty dude. Right, exactly, exactly. So the Suns, let me just look at this trade here. Uh, let's just bring up the three-team trade. Because I know Aiton eight left uh, as well. But they did, I know they, uh, meaning the Suns, they got um, they got some depth. Uh uh, let me see. Portland and Green is perfect. Uh, just, just run and bring this up, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. But yeah, but while I'm waiting to, to pull this up, yeah, I just, yeah, it's curious to see what's going on because I did hear, I had I heard so many different reports, um, uh, in this e and saying that they were saying that Dame, uh, that Giannis was Dame's guy. I thought that, um. I thought personally, uh, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler was his guy. You know, that's the whole reason why. Well, he, Bam, he, he said Bam was his guy. They, oh, Bam was his guy. Okay, I'm sorry that Jimmy Butler yeah. was his guy. Okay, well, no, no, he I, wanted to play one. with Jimmy Butler too, but you know, his yeah. Bam are friends. So the Suns got um, Yusuf uh, Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. So that's some depth that I think the Suns actually needed because we've seen, we know what the starting lineup is going to be about. I know Aiton, DeAndre Aiton was traded, though, but still, you still got Devin Booker, you still got Bradley Bill, you still got uh, KD. So 
your front I mean your 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 starting five are is good there and I think that's what hurt the Suns last year and their run is that they had too many of those guys other than Bradley Bill of course um, playing too many minutes, and they didn't have quality guys, you know, coming off the bench. So I think it was a good trade for the Suns. I think the I think the Suns pretty much won this trade, in my opinion, because they actually got what they needed. And going back to your point, does Dane really want to be there? And also, Drew Holiday was all in on the Milwaukee Bucks, and he said that he doesn't. Before all this took place, he said he didn't want to go anywhere else, and he doesn't want to play for another team. Now there's rumors that he's going to be traded from the Portland Trailblazers, uh, Trailblazers, and there's like three teams in the mix of, of of going after his services, and that's the Miami Heat who missed out on it on Dame. And I gotta get get your thoughts and opinion on that. The Philadelphia 76ers, uh, where he started his career after the most part, and also the LA Clippers are, are rumored to uh, to be in the mix of um, having Drew Holiday. So. Everyone's in agreement that he's not going to be at Portland Trailblazers. It's just going to be uh, where he's uh, where he lands at. But e, yeah, I, and I think that's a key piece there, man. And I think if I think if the if the Heat can pull off that trade, some some type of trade to get Drew Holiday there, I think that's going to be a plus for Drew Holiday and for the Heat. But before we get to that, e, I want to ask you, what are your thoughts and opinions? Because rumors are say, saying rumors are um, being said that. The, Port, uh, the Portland Trailblazers never went back to the Miami Heat to reopen negotiations as far as trade talks go. And they just they just let them, you know, we know everything that happened right after the season happened in the offseason and in the, in the summertime, but they said that they never went back to the Heat. What's that say about Portland and, you know, you know what's that say about Miami, you know, missing out on Dame? What, what say you about this? Well, from what I heard over the last couple of days, that Miami said this is our best offer. We're, this is this is it. Take it or leave it. And then mm-hmm. Portland came back and said, "Well, Toronto and Milwaukee are also interested." And from what I heard, Pat Riley told them, "Well, if they can offer you something better than we can, then you should take that deal." And this came from this is another podcast I listened to, and this came from a guy with inside heat knowledge. He said mm-hmm. Miami stood firm on. This is as good as it's going to get from us. Okay. And if you can get a better offer, then you should take it. And it seems like that's what Portland did. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know this is a better offer. Well, I guess if I could get Drew Holiday over Tyler Hero, I think, you know, that's comparable. But if you're not going to sign Drew Holiday, I, I don't know that you made the best deal. Yeah. And plus, like I said, Dame said he would only play for Miami, wherever yeah. else you sent him, he was going to immediately ask for a trade. So we yeah. have to see, you know, you know, we still got a couple months before the season starts, so we really got to wait and see how all this actually shakes out. Yeah, and for sure. And you got to wonder if Portland kind of like, you know, slapped Dame in the face and slapped the Miami Heat in the face as well. Maybe they wanted to go back to the uh, you know the uh, the trade talks and try to milk some more out of uh, of Miami and Miami like you just stated they stood firm um, in their offer and they felt like you know they you know I think they felt like as though they had a little bit of leverage there because of the fact that the matter is Dame has already come out and said that he wants to play for them um, and he's not going to play for anybody else but Miami but we'll still see how that plays out so that's interesting to see there and then and then you got to throw Jimmy Jimmy Butler in, in the mix as well and he's come out and said I know you've probably seen this on you know on Instagram and Twitter 
that he you know he's requesting the NBA do an investigation on this because they feel like he feels like there's tampering that uh, that went on uh, with, with the Bucks there. Don't know how much tampering that could actually have gone down. Um, go ahead, go ahead. That, that's that's a can of worm you don't want to open because right. if any tampering right. went down, yeah, it was the Heat Miami. Tampering. Uh, right. <laughs> that, right. That has tampering written all over it. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure, and 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 that's what I was saying as well. And I'm sitting here saying, okay, well, maybe there's something there, and and also at the same time, Jimmy, maybe you may not want to go down that road or go down that avenue because I think they've already been hit with that. With I forget who else they were tampering. Um, they they were um, hit with tampering with someone else uh, as well. So with that being said, he, I want to go back to the uh, the Drew Holiday trade, and I think that. It kind of if, – if Drew Holiday comes out of there, I think Miami has to go in and get this guy because I think it's going to help them two, in two ways. One, you're getting a good two-way player, uh, first and foremost, and that's what uh, that's what Miami Heat is about. They, they need that guy, you know, who can, you know, uh, you know, come off the bench and give them that, you know, that instant energy, if you will. Not saying that they don't have it already, but – Drew Holiday is a different uh, it's a different animal um, compared to what they have right now, especially with losing Dave Vinson and uh, and and losing um, I can't forget who else we lost, but um, it'll come to me in a minute. But and he's a he's a defensive guy, and you know that Miami prides himself on defense, and that could be extra added motivation for Drew Holiday, you know, being in the East playing against Milwaukee and saying to those guys, you know, they say, listen, okay, you guys traded me. I, you knew I wanted to be here. You knew I said that I didn't want to play for any other team, but you disrespected me and you shipped me off to a place that ultimately is going to ship me to somewhere else. So I think if you can grab him if you're Miami, I think that would be, that'd be great. It would be extra added motivation uh, uh, for sure. So definitely got to, uh, you know, keep your eye on that. Again, Miami is rumored to be going after Drew Holiday. And I think if you miss out on Dame, you got to get some other pieces in there for sure. Not saying Drew Holiday is the answer to missing out on Dame. I'm just saying it's a key piece that they can definitely use, especially he'll be an extra uh, this added motivation there, you know, especially when you're going up against the, uh, uh, going up against the, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, for sure. All right, good stuff there, E, good stuff. All right, I had, to, I had to throw that in there. It wasn't on the list, ladies and gentlemen, but it's breaking news, and that's what we do. We have to talk about that. It's breaking news. E, all right, I want to talk about you, – you, you, th- you hear that 305? We talked about basketball. <laughs> we threw that in there. It's not even basketball season. We, we, we just get started with the NFL. We, threw, we let off. Not only did we talk about it, E, we let off with it. So good stuff. Yes, all right, I want to talk about the uh, – the New York uh, New York Jets, excuse me, and a lot of news is coming out of them, circulating them. The locker room from the defensive side of, uh, of the ball, the defense are not seems not they're not too happy with Robert Sala right now, with him with him standing by Zach Wilson and saying that he's his guy, he believes in Zach Wilson. Hey, I, I don't know what you have to do to, to – I don't know what you what he's looking at, meaning Robert Sala. And I'm a Robert Sala guy, ladies and gentlemen, because of the fact of the matter is, you know, he's former defensive coordinator for my San Francisco 49ers, and he's a great coach. He's a player coach. He's a coach that you want to have, uh, you know, in your organization, especially this day and age, because he is a player coach. But continue to stand by Zach Wilson, I mean, I guess he has to do that, Ian, unless they're going to bring somebody else in there. And he doesn't have the control to do that. So until that happens, he, I believe, in my opinion, 
I believe he has to still do that. Now, it, it hurts, you know, it hurts, you know, do you want to stand by your quarterback or do you want to lose your defense? That's a whole lot of players that you're going to lose there. But what say you about that? And also, we got to talk about Kaepernick and that letter as well, man. Um, but nonetheless, let's start off with uh, Robert Sala standing by Zach Wilson, believing in him, and then, you know, the, the locker room, the defensive side of the ball, if you will, not too happy with that. What, what say you about that? Well, here's the thing, and you pointed it out. Salah doesn't have the control. He's not a GM. He's not a he's not a head coach GM and involved in personnel decisions. So he, he's in a tough spot. He has no choice but to stick by Zach Wilson if that's what they've given him. You know, the late the, well, not late. He's still alive. But the great Phil Parcells once said, "If you want me to cook the food, I need to be involved in buying the groceries." Well, they're not letting Salah buy the groceries. They're saying, "Look." Zach Wilson is what you got. Make this work. So in the public, he has to support Zach Wilson. He can't come out in the public and be Sean Payton and tell him to stop kissing babies. I mean, that's just how this works. I mean, like I said, now, if he was a GM or he had some sort of, you know, power where he could go get another guy, that's a different story. But right now, if he doesn't have any of those powers, and Zach Wilson is the quarterback that they gave him, he has no choice but to support him, especially in the public. And I understand the defense is frustrated, but yes. your frustration shouldn't be with Robert Sala. You, your frustration will be, hey, look, I heard, I heard Flacco reached out. Uh, Flacco, mm-hmm. Adrian reached out to Jets. They turned him down. Carson Wentz. Uh, they turned him down. Not not that either one of those guys are great, but they better than Jack Wilson. And then they go uh-huh. find Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon used to play for us. No one say that. That's right. I'm a fan. If you didn't know, he's awful, awful. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, like Trevor Simeon actually went to high school with my oldest son. He's from here in Orlando. He ended uh-huh. up going to IMG, but he actually okay. went to Olympia High School right here in Orlando. He's good over there, but again, K. Walt, that's high school football. Yeah. I don't understand why you would go get a Trevor Simeon when when you could have had Carson Wentz or Joe Flacco. I mean, we hadn't even got the Kaepernick yet, but I'm right. just saying it. Show, it doesn't seem like you want to win. Now, some of the rumors are, oh, they don't want to bring in anybody that's going to upset A.A. Ron. Hey, man, the hell with A.A. Ron. You played mm-hmm. four snaps. We got a team that's built to win now. And you got a guy that played four snaps, and at his age with his injury, you don't know if he's coming back or how he's going to be when he comes back. So forget about upsetting him. You need to bring somebody in that's going to win now. And I'm here to tell you, Trevor Simeon ain't it. He might be better than Zach Wilson, but not much better. I think Flacco at least gives you a shot, a fighting chance, which gives you a fighting chance. Hell, I think Nick Foles even out there somewhere. But you, you, you <laughs> got to get better than Zach Wilson and Trevor Simeon. You're not showing a commitment to win. But, again, like you said, Robert Sallis, he's in a tough spot. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he really is. I mean, you you, you got to do everything that you said if you're Robert Sala. I mean, until he, hear, he hears otherwise from, you know, Joe Douglas, who is the GM of uh, of the Jets, you know, he's got to, you know, dance with the partner they brought to the dance at this point. I know Aaron Rodgers is the guy that, that they, uh, you know, ultimately brought to the dance, but Aaron Rodgers had to leave the dance early, so you someone, someone's cutting in. Zach Wilson is cutting in right now. Is he the best dancer um, right now that you can, you, you, can, uh, you can dance with? 
Yeah, for you, yes. But there are options out there. There's options out there. And we'll get to Colin Kaepernick in that letter. But, E, what say you about, you know, them going out there and pulling a trigger? There's a guy out there I think it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect situation for them. And that's Kirk Cousins, man. I think Kirk Cousins is that guy. For one, he's on the last year, last year of his deal, okay? So you can rent him for the remainder of the season. That way, there's no upsetting, uh, there's no upsetting, uh, you know, AA Ron, you know, next season if he does come back, which we we all expect him to come back. But Kirk Cousins is the best guy there right now. Minnesota is 0-3. And there are rumors that they're looking to break that thing up, meaning the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I think that Joe Douglas should pick up the phone, contact Minnesota, and make that deal. I think that's the best fit for those guys. It just makes perfect sense in uh, the entire scenario of it. you got Kirk Cousins for the remainder of the season. You don't have to bring him back next year. He's a free agent. He can go do what he wants to do. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers is back. And, you know, let's see what Kirk Cousins can do for you. Uh, you know, how far – and then – that's going to rejuvenate that defense. Okay, we got a quarterback in here who can make plays because they have weapons. Now, we've seen they have weapons, meaning the uh, the Jets. The Jets are just a quarterback play away from, you know, being a legitimate, you know, you know deep run playoff contender, um, in, in my opinion. But what say you about Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields, maybe a Jam- Jameis Winston out there as well, or maybe there's another quarterback out there that I'm missing. But what say you about that, E? <clears throat> Well, the problem here is, k and you probably can cite some presidents, but I can't think of anything. A starting quarterback is not really moved during the season. You got a guy, mm-hmm. now you got backups that are moved, but it's rare. I can't think of any situation where an actual starting quarterback was moved in season. So you have that. You also have the fact, what is Minnesota asking for, for Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins? Because the Jets believe that they have a team that's built to win now. So they don't want to give up any of those pieces. And I don't know how they are on draft capital. But if mm-hmm. I think – I don't really see them getting a starting quarterback like a Justin Fields or a Kirk Cousins because, again, that's unprecedented. And then now that I heard they turned down they, – they, they bought from the James Winston idea. And now that um, Derek Carr went down to New Orleans, James is actually starting now. I don't know if – yeah. Call me okay. back Sunday or not, but yeah. So I think you're gonna have to look at like a Flacco, a Wentz, or or a Nick Foles, or somebody like that, or somebody else a practice squad. I mean, something you you have to do. Even if the guy you bring in thinks it up, at least you're showing an effort. Because as we say many times on this show, when it comes to Zach Wilson, we've seen his movies. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe Dallas is willing to give up Trey Lance to, you know, because they only what, – what did they give for Trey Lance, a fifth-round pick? Fourth-round, fourth-round pick. Fourth-round pick, yeah, they can get mm-hmm. that back from the Jets. I'm sure the Jets would do that. Again, like I said, at this point, you have to do something. Even if it's not better, you've got to sell it like it is better because, like I said, bringing in Trevor Simeon and, as we've seen, Zach Wilson – that's can't amount to doing nothing, and that ain't gonna work. Yeah, and and that and, it, and the Jets. You mentioned the draft, the, the Jets draft capital because it's kind of tricky because of what, um, you know, what when they traded for Aaron Rodgers. I don't believe they have a first round pick, and I think that there was a conditional second round pick if Rodgers plays uh, fewer than sixty five percent of the snaps this year. 
obviously that's not going to happen. He's going to do that. Um, so it it, it kind of it, it's kind of tricky there. I have to look at the the, the actual details, but I do know that um, it's, it's very conditional. A lot of conditional picks there uh, based off of um, Aaron's play, uh, Aaron Rodgers' play, and you know how much he plays and things of that nature. So I don't believe they have a first-round pick for next year. I don't believe they have it next year either. I think that they have, again, it all predicated on the, how the second round works for them. It's all predicated on his play and things of that nature. Uh, nature. They have a fourth-round pick um, uh, as well, I believe, from the Broncos. But with that being said, he, I mean, I don't uh, you know, I don't know what you – you don't want to give up the farm for him, and maybe you do, because if you really believe that you're just a quarterback play away from, um, you, know, you know, making a deep run in the playoffs, then you pull that trigger again. It's a rental. You got, you know, you're, you're more than sure that Aaron Rodgers is coming back next season, even though he's going to be, what, 40, 41 years old next season coming off of an AC, I mean, um, an Achilles injury, uh, it's going to be, you know, remaining seen. But we know what the kind of competitive Aaron Rodgers is. He will be back. He will be back. He may he'll still have that arm. He'll still have the IQ. Um, he just won't maybe not have that mobility that we're used to seeing. But uh, that I think the, his arm strength and his IQ could make up for his lack of mobility there. So, and you're right, we, we rarely see, you know, starting quarterbacks, you know, traded, you know, in the first, I mean, uh, uh, you know, during the season. But I think the situation may cause, I mean, may warrant that, and and may even say desperate measures calls for desperate times. I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures. I think that the Jets are in that situation. I say they pull the trigger on one of the guys, and I did pose Jameis Winston earlier uh, when I when we were doing the show before Derek Carr went down with that uh, that AC joint injury. So. But we'll see how it goes. And it doesn't seem like Justin Fields is too happy and then in Chicago and vice versa. They're not happy with Justin Fields uh, either. So it's going to remain to be seen. I do think they pull the trigger on the starting quarterback. Uh, I think it's going to be something that we rarely see uh, for sure. All right, E, good stuff there. Let's do this, E. Let's grab our first break here, man. When we come back, we want to, I want to get into our, our, our top five things from the weekend, what we took out of, uh, you know, what we took out of this weekend, top surprises, the, the biggest stories, if you will. I um, want to get E's top five. I'll give my top five, uh, uh, of course. And I definitely want to touch on some Mel Tucker as well and the situation that's going on there <laughs> in Michigan State. That's, that's something that we, 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 didn't, we haven't touched on in the last couple of weeks, but definitely want to do that as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you are tuned in to Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hey, guys, this is Jaquan J. Kelly, a.k.a. Jamal Reef, master killer of Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu. You're listening to Sports Talk with K-Walk and E. Scott. They're taking a quick break, and they'll be right back. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile, LLC, is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two, dot com. 
CampLyman.com. It's an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get-offs, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. And we are back. And again, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to Sports Talk with Kay Walk and E. Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us before the break, uh, we were talking uh, Dame Lillard, the breaking news there. He was traded to the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. And, uh, you know, what that means for the Milwaukee Bucks, Portland, all the teams that were involved, the Suns, uh, the Bucks, and the uh, – and the uh, the Blazers, and also a team, my team, that wasn't involved, and that's the Miami Heat. So we gave our thoughts and opinions on that, and I, I think with that trade, you're going to see some other players uh, being moved uh, for sure. Uh, I don't think the movement there for some of the players uh, is, is going to be done as of yet. Also ta- uh, talked about the New York Jets, and, uh, you know, the, I don't want to call it a circus. Uh, just call it, you know, what's going on there with Robert Sala, the defense, the quarterback situation there. Will they pull the trigger, um, you know, during the season to get a, uh, a not a big name, but a, but a quality quarterback? Uh, I mentioned before the break, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you're just joining us, I mentioned Kirk Cousins, I mentioned Justin Fields, and I mentioned Jameis Winston, just to throw some names out there because those quarterbacks right now seem to be on the uh, on the trading block, if you will, especially Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is the biggest name out of this group. And with the, the, the Minnesota Vikings starting on 0-3, Kirk Cousins being, uh, you know, being on his last deal of his, uh, of his contract, I don't know if they bring him back. I don't know if they franchise tag him there. But um, nonetheless, we'll see how that, that plays out. So with that being said, uh, let's bring oh, – we, what we're going to do is we want to talk about – our five um, top five um, takeaways from the weekend, the biggest takeaways from the weekend, in our opinion. So, uh, E. Scott, uh, I'll let you, uh, you you lead off with this, brother. So, uh, your top five uh, takeaways from this past weekend. Okay, I actually got two OLIs. Um, ladies and gentlemen, outside looking in, didn't quite make the top five, but still worthy of being on the list. OLI number one: Taylor Swift at the KC game. <laughs> I mean that 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 was something else. I mean, there's all kind of reports that they're not dating. It's fake. It was staged. Whatever, whatever. I don't care either way. But I just right. thought for that to get so much news coverage, that mm-hmm. made my outside looking in. Second okay. outside looking in, the Saints being up 17 to nothing oh, with oh, nine man. minutes left in the game and losing the football game. Yeah, that I didn't put that in the top five because it is not top five worthy. But I couldn't go by without mentioning it. I, I, I have to be, you know, fair and balanced. Number five, Ryan Day attacking Lou Holtz. Ryan Day is oh, Ohio yeah. State. Head, Ryan yeah. Day is Ohio State head coach. Lou Holtz is 175 years old, <laughs> and Ryan Day, and Ryan Day went after now. After the Colorado loss, and they mm-hmm. interviewed Dion, Coach Fryan. Coach Fryan mm-hmm. said, "Hey, contrary to what you believe, we plan to win. It's not about clicks. 
like some people insinuated. That's a smile. Ryan Day Mm -hmm. said, where is Lou Hope? (laughs) He he called him by name. Like I said, what Coach Ryan did was subtle. Like in mm-hmm. coach speak, what coach did? No, no, no. Ron Day took the mask off. Ron Day said, "No, I'm gonna let you look behind the curtain. I'm gonna open the curtain <laughs> up. Where is Lou Holtz? What's he saying now?" And like, again, like I said, uh, like, Lou Holtz, 150 years old. I mean, how right. you gonna go to old man? Number four, Coach Brown and them getting blown out, getting their ass yeah. out the frame. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that I, I thought. Oregon will win, and I pick them that we the Princess foot out. I did pick Coach Fryer because I didn't want to go against them, but I did think Oregon's gonna win the game. But I didn't see this coming. I mean, this this was like right. Pop Warner playing against high schoolers. They were just so much more big yeah. and physical. And I was like, I know talent level is a thing, but I didn't realize, you know, how substantial it was. Yeah. Number three, the Ricky Purcell catch. Ladies and gentlemen, Ricky Purcell is a wide receiver that plays okay. for the University of Florida. This is the most spectacular catch I've ever seen. If Thank you, you thought the Odell Beckham catch was great, which it was, this one is equally as good. Google it. Ricky Purcell, University of Florida. It is a fantastic catch. Number two, yes. Dallas losing to a tank in Arizona. Arizona that told y'all. Hey, we want to guard Taylor Williams. We're going to lose all these games. And Dallas still come out there and lay an egg. How, how, how you lose to a tanking team? That, 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 that I don't understand what's going on there. And the number one, of course, I'm sure it's probably number one on your list too, yeah. the Miami Dolphins yeah. scored 70 points against the Denver Hell, Miami still scored. I mean, it's just Wednesday night, and they, and they first to go at the one right now of four again. I mean, this 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 is incredible. Now, what I would have done if I'm Miami's head coach, I kicked the field goal to get the record. I mean, I don't give a damn because he was like, "Well, we didn't want to embarrass her. You, you already have. You scored seventy points. You scored ten touchdowns. Now, granted." Right. It wasn't your fault because you had the fifth string out there, and they still couldn't tackle you. But at that point, dignity after day and wonder. Let's go and get this record. I mean, 72 Dolphins only undefeated team. Now we got the single game scoring record. I would have kicked the field goal. But, yeah, okay, well, those are my top five from the weekend. I wonder do we have any overlap. Yeah, we we have tremendous overlap, Bob, so to be honest with you, man. Seriously, uh, tremendous overlap. Number five, I didn't have any OLIs. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I'll start looking in. Number five, I I got, you know, I have uh, Oregon beating uh, Colorado, you know, 42 to 6. And then that fashion, and um, a lot of people saying, well, if they had, you know, if, if they had Travis Hunter, you know, it probably been a different. Yeah, it may have been closer, but the outcome would have still been the same. I still think that Oregon was just a more talented team, as you mentioned there. But I, I didn't expect uh, Colorado to win the game, but I definitely didn't expect them to get beat the way that they did, especially the way 
that they performed in those first three games, um, whether they're out, whether they were better than those teams or not, it's the way that they played and the way that they came out and focused on them. I just really thought that it would be a more competitive game there. Number four, we you know we kind of touched on it earlier, and that's number four is Colin Kaepernick's letter to to join the Jets practice squad. Man, I mean, I, I, it was hard for me to read this letter because the way it was it was presented. I think who was it, Jay Cole that, that presented it, and you know yeah. I, I had to zoom in. And do all this, but I I got the gist of it. I read the most. I read most of it. I read all of it actually. And basically, you know, he's just saying, listen, I I can still do it. Um, you know, he bring me in. There's no risk. I mean, you know, the risk, uh, the reward outweighs the risk. There, I get it. And it, it was a it was a nice little letter, man. I know I'm, I'm not sure if he wrote it or not, but whomever put that together, it, it sold me. <laughs> I say bring him in because I'm one of the guys that I'm. I'm not. A, um, I'm you know even though I'm a 49er fan. At this point in, in, in Cap's career, man, I just think six years, six, seven years away from the game, you're just not going to automatically step in there. And I think he's starting to realize that. And he say, listen, just put me on the, the practice squad and I can, you know, help your defense out. I'll show you what I can do. So it's a, it's a great letter there. But surprising, nonetheless, that he took that much time to go out to the Jets there. So that was that was one of my takeaways for there. So number three, I got Trayvon Diggs. Um, I know it was a little before the weekend, but Trayvon Diggs tearing his ACL uh, the week of the game against the Arizona Cardinals. I thought that, you know, that was huge for that defense, especially the way that they were playing, you know, those first two games against the, uh, the Giants and pre- previously mentioned Jets. Um, but they just looked totally different, man. With that being said, my number two was the Cardinals beating the Cowboys, even without Trayvon Diggs. I thought the Cowboys should have handled this uh, this uh, this team um, with, without question. I thought they should have. If, the, if anything, if the score was reversed, E, and it would have been 28-16 by the, by the Cowboys, that still would have been big news to me. You know what I mean? It still would have been breaking news for me, and it still would have been in my top ten. It, might, it may have been in my I don't know. But nonetheless, to, to be an 11-point favorite going into that game and to lose by 12, that's saying a lot. Now, does it say is this one game? Or is this something that we're going to see going forward? We're going to see this week they got the Patriots, who aren't a pushover. So we're going to see what they look like, um, you know, Sunday afternoon. And my number one, just like you, is is, is the Dolphins and the Broncos. The, the Dolphins, you know, put up 70 points. And, you know, last night we had, you know, we had our, our guy on the sideline speaks. We had Brandon Cristal, who's an inside writer, a uh, guy from, uh, from, the, from Denver. He follows the Broncos. He covers the Broncos and, and always questioning, uh, you know, sending questions to uh, Sean Payton. And, you know, it's, you know, it was one of those things where it, it kind of was like, you know, uh, you know, what's going on right now? We had to ask him, like, you know, what's going on? What's the vibe right down, right down there, E? And you know, it's going back to the Dolphins, but they put up 70 points, E, and they didn't kick a field goal. They didn't kick one field goal in, in that game. And, you know, I mean, like you mentioned, they could have broken the record, but, you know, they chose not to do. I don't know why. I don't know what the difference between, you know, uh, you know, 50 points and 53 points at, at that point, man. Just go out there and get the record. Put your, you know, put your name in the record books. But those are my top five, E, and um, so uh, good stuff there oh, for sure. So, E, we got our good buddy, Mr. Jason Collins. I want to bring Mr. Jason Collins in. Again, he's a co-host with me Tuesday nights on Sideline Speaks. You can catch us live on YouTube and wherever you find your your uh, your, your podcast. Catch us live there. Mr. Collins, uh, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, K-Walk. What's going on, E? It's been a minute. Hey, what up, Jay? Yes, sir. 
Everything's good, man. K Walk E E shot me a text early yeah. this morning, man. He said, uh, I got a good topic tonight for you, Jay. So I said, All right, I'll I'll be there. Uh, yeah, he he texted me too. He said, I I text Jay and then he's gonna be on, he's gonna call in and then you know, I told him I got a good topic that's right up his alley. And and those those ones are never good for me, ladies and gentlemen. If you watch if you listen to our show and he said and and it's if Jason is on that means that it's going to be one of those things that I'm close to Google and I don't do it but you know, it makes me want to because <laughs> <laughs> but uh, good stuff there. But, Jay, let, let me ask you, we kind of talked about this last night, but for our listeners here, man, just give us your biggest takeaway from uh, this past weekend. It could be college. It could be uh, football, college, I mean, um, NBA, NFL. What's your biggest takeaway from uh, this past weekend? Yeah, man, I caught the tail end uh, of ease, and I, and I heard everything that you said. And I, I think for me, man, the two biggest ones would be, Colorado losing the way they did. We all said that I, we didn't think they could beat Oregon, but I was at least hoping they could be competitive and to just get beat soundly from the first whistle to the last whistle without really having any real chance to even be the least bit competitive. That was shocking to me a little bit. And then I, I, obviously the Dallas Cowboys, man, losing to a team that everyone feels like is not really trying to win football games this year. So to to lose to the Cardinals in that fashion and just to see a lot of the same cowboy type mistakes show up again, penalties, turnovers, some questionable coaching decisions, like all those things, you know, are, are concerning for Cowboys fans. So I would say for me, man, those were the two biggest stories. So, so with that being said, Jay, I got to ask you this. I know, and ladies and gentlemen, Jason has declared himself a Cowboy fan this year. I think it's what the second or third straight year um, that you're a Cowboy fan. Second, yeah, second year. Second, okay, ladies and gentlemen. The reason why we said it because Jay is questionable. He's 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 season to season when it comes to who his team is. A few years ago, I think it was the Eagles. Um, I'm not mistaken. So you go from the Eagles to the Cowboys, ladies and gentlemen. So that that's got something to tell you about his commitment there. But nonetheless, there, nonetheless, there, Jay. Um, it was this is a, a mistake, right? A mistake game by the Cowboys, or or do you see them, you know, kind of, you know, going through the same motions, or not motions, but kind of, you know, the same thing is going to occur. You see the penalties. And we've been talking about this ever since Mike McCarthy has become the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. We've talked about the same thing, the penalties, time management, the decision-making going on fourth down, things of that nature. Do you see this going forward? And they don't – and they have a – I'm going to call it a tough game for the Cowboys because the Patriots are – I mean, even though they're not anyone's, you know, favorite to to make the playoffs, but they're no walkover. But what say you about the Cowboys going forward? Yeah, no, man. I I definitely think it's concerning because, number one, like they weren't ready to play. Like it's the NFL. Anybody can beat you on, on a given Sunday. So I think for the Cowboys just coming out there thinking they were just going to show up and win the game, that's a little bit concerning to me because it shows a lack of maturity within the locker room and and the coaching staff not having those guys ready to go. And, and, and K walk, I I want to write this off as just a one-off, just a bad weekend, but because of the penalties, the coaching decisions, Dak not looking good and comfortable in the red zone, turning the football over. These are things that have been consistent with the Cowboys over the last several years so I want to say it was a bad weekend and they weren't ready to play, 
But mm-hmm. some of those things that happen, man, have been very consistent with this football yeah. team. So I'm going to reserve my judgment and wait and see how they play against the Patriots. K-Walk, if they right. bounce back and have a good win, I'll feel pretty good. But if they put out another stinker, I, I think that's something the Cowboys people need to be very concerned about. Yeah, yeah, Jay. And, and, and I'm looking at this game. I'm watching this game. I'm thinking, like, okay, it's going to start off bad, you know, and then, then you know, it's just a storm, which I thought that the Cowboys was going to be able to weather. Uh, you know, they didn't do that. And, again, we go back and we see the same mistakes that they're making. Dak's not making, you know, good decisions, throwing behind receivers, not, you know, being on the same page as receivers. And, you know, when one when the receiver's cutting in, he's throwing out. When, they throw, when they're cutting out, he's throwing in. So it seems like they're just, there's no continuity there, Jay. And, and I know they got Brandon Cooks, but – if anything, and 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 E and J, correct me if I'm wrong. There, do you not ride CD Lamb, you know, as much as you possibly can, and stop worrying about, uh, you know, you know, being making everybody else happy. Because for the fact of the matter is, I think you have to go to a guy like CD Lamb as much as you possibly can. And then when they when the defense starts to make adjustments, then that's when you can start to spread it around a little bit. I think you have to go to E. And what say you about this? I think you have to go to that guy um, early and and often until that until the defense makes adjustments. But what say you about that? Yeah, because you gave up Ezekiel Elliott, and then you got Tony Pollard, who is serviceable. But it seems like that you're going to lean more on the passing game, and if that's the case. Yeah, you got to get C.D. Lamb involved early and often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for sure, man. I just think that's the way to go, and I think that'll build confidence with uh, with uh, uh, you know, for I should say for Dak Prescott. I'm not saying force it in there, and every time the play is called, and you know you you go to C.D. But you know just you know a quick slant, you know some uh, some some stop routes, hitch routes, and some quick outs, uh, you know things of that nature, just to get comfortable getting the rhythm. But Jay, you're the Cowboys fan. What say you about that? Uh, you know that's uh, you know that approach. No man, I think you're 100 percent right. I, I mean, I even think like when you just think about receivers in general, I think history shows that you need to try to get them the ball off early yeah, and sure. often, especially if they're your number one guy, right? You don't want them getting disinterested, going into that diva mode. So I think it helps on all levels of getting your number one guy some touches early just so that they're in the game. And I think the Cowboys have not done a good job of that. Yeah, you, you want to keep those guys from throwing water and, and, and the other guys on the sideline, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Inside joke there, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you want to tell that story, Jay. But, um, yeah, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, tell that story, the reason why I said it. So people yeah, are ladies and gentlemen, this, this goes back. Okay, well, I, I believe this was senior year, wasn't it? We, it was we senior year. I don't even Palmar. remember who we were Palmar. playing, Palmar, Palmar at the time. Yeah. We're up by several touchdowns, as we usually were on every Saturday. K-Walk catches, what, about 40, 50-yard touchdown pass just to get a, a flag throw, somebody holding penalty, something like that, K-Walk. We get to yep. the sideline, E. K-Walk has himself a, a glass of a, a nice little cup of water. The guy who committed the, the uh, penalty, K-Walk, in, in true diva fashion, mm-hmm. throws a cup of water right in the guy's face, man. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I'm guilty of that. Man. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> but you got to understand, you know, as a diva, we got to justify our actions. So I'm trying to keep up. Like I had an, uh, a rival uh, in, in, uh, in, uh, at that time. It was a, a receiver from our, you know, it wasn't a really a rival because, 
uh, we didn't play them, but it was a rival because he was really good. And, you know, Holy Cross, his name was Dan Conley. I don't know if you remember his name, Jay. And I was trying to keep up with him. And all they did was throw the ball, and he would get, like, 10, like 10 catches a game, three yeah. touchdowns. And, and with our offense, we, with our offense, the team that we had, whenever I got the ball, I had to make the best of the opportunity because I wasn't going to yep. be going to get it. So I was like, all right, I got me a touchdown so I can keep up with him. And I'm trying to make all county and all that good stuff. So that's the reason why I did what I did. <laughs> so Divas always got to justify their actions <laughs> for sure. All right, good stuff. Um, from that, let's turn into a, 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 a different topic here. And that's uh, let's switch it over to college football here, G, uh, uh, E&J. And that's um, Mel, Mel Tucker, man. Mel Tucker was uh, let go by the, uh, by the Michigan State um, program there because of allegations of, of uh, sexual harassment. Now, it, it seems to me, E, in, in, in this instance, that this was something that pretty much, from what I gathered from it, and I could be wrong if you guys, you know, you gather something else, then please, by all means, uh, express your opinions on this. But it seems like he had, um, you know, a relationship with a, a female, um, an extramarital uh, relationship that went, uh, went awry, if you will, to say the least, where, you know, she wanted him to pretty much be her sugar daddy and, you know, and, you know, he, you know, was like, nah, I can't do that, that type deal. And then, you know, she made reports, and then one thing led to another. There was an investigation, so so they say, and it came out to you know where he's um you know where he's found you know guilty of these uh of these allegations. E. So he's immediately released. First he was suspended, and then he was then he was fired. I think he was two years in with on a ten year contract. E. But with all that you know and all that you've heard, uh, what say you about this situation? I think based on what I've heard, it, it kind of sounds like what you said. It was a relationship that went bad, and this was kind of like retaliation. It looks like on on her part because I know he did relieve her of her speaking engagement. I won't say mm-hmm. he fired her because she didn't directly work, you know, for him, but he right. was in control of her coming to speak. And evidently something happened, and he relieved her of that position, and because, I mean, why else would you record him? I mean, I think it was a setup. But the problem Mel Tucker is going to run into, regardless of how you feel, whether he was right or wrong, the problem he's going to run into, she was a subordinate. He was in a position of power. So, know he said, well, (laughs) it was only phone sex, and it was consensual. I don't know what consensual phone sex is, but But I'm just saying, when you're in the position of power and you're talking to a subordinate, you never can claim consent because all the subordinate has to do is say, hey, I thought my my job depended on it. I thought if I didn't do it, I'd be fired. And in this case, her case is airtight because he did fire her. I mean, so... He he really doesn't have a leg to stand on. Now, do I think the treatment is harsh? Yeah. I mean, because, like, this is the way I look at it. If you got a job making $65,000, $70,000 a year, that's a decent job. I mean, you're not going to get rich, but it pays your bills. That's okay. If you get fired from that job, you can be working inside of six months. And I'm being generous with the six months. You you get another job that pays that amount. But when you got a $90 million contract and you're yeah. fired publicly 
Those jobs are a little harder to come by. Ain't nobody really, because, like, if I get fired tomorrow, the new job can only call over to the old job and confirm that I work there. You work there, well, right. <laughs> this dude is getting crucified in the public. They ain't got to call no When he applies somewhere, they ain't got to call nowhere. It's right there. And, again, it's not like he's making six to 75000 a year. He was making, like, seven, $8 million a year. First of all, like I said, those jobs are hard to come by, especially when you got fired for the last one for some nonsense. So, yeah, I, 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 I do think he's being overly punished, but, you know, at this point, really, I don't know whatever avenue he has because, like I said, she's a subordinate, and he did fire her. Yeah, for sure, and, and everything you, you mentioned there is, is spot on. But, but Jay, what say you and what's your take out of the situation? Yeah, man. When I first heard it about it, I was like, oh, geez, like, Mel, come on, man, you know. But then, like, listening to some people talk about doing a little bit of research, like, it was clear that they had some kind of relationship, like the phone logs, the text logs, logs. they were on the phone at, like, 12 a.m., you know, like Mm – I'm not on the phone talking about anybody about work at midnight. You know what I mean? So clearly they had a relationship there, and it, and I agree with you guys. It sounds like it was just something that, that went bad. But I also think another angle to this is, like, I don't think – I think the people at Michigan State were starting to rethink that $90 million Mel Tucker contract. Wow. And I think some okay. of them saw this as an opportunity to get out of that thing. I, I feel like they thought, you know what, this was a bit of a reach. Maybe we paid too much. This little hiccup has come up. Maybe we can use this to run him up out of there and save ourselves $80 million. So I do think that was part of it as well. I agree with E. Any way you slice it, Tucker's in the wrong because she was a subordinate. And and anytime you're in that situation, like Mm -hmm. you're just in a no-win situation. So um, it's just bad all the way around. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I think they'll probably come to some sort of settlement. K. Walk. He's not going to get yeah. the, the full seventy-nine million that he's owed, but they'll probably right. throw him some money just so it can all go away. But just a crazy situation. And like you would think, these guys would learn. Like we see this yeah, not is, often, man. but too much. Like you would think yeah. people would learn that it, it's never going to turn out good. You know. Seriously. And you also hey, got to hey, realize too, if, if you're Michigan. If you're Michigan State, anyway, you know they're just coming off of that big Title IX Olympic scandal. Yeah. So you know they they had to do something, even if they did overreact. They had right. to just based on the trouble they've been in. Because once you start throwing around Title IX, yeah, that that's not yeah, going to end well for the boy male at, at, at all. No, so and and like Jay said, maybe they thought, hey, here's our chance to get out of this. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it like that, Jay, but that's good stuff. Yeah, and with that being said, it's funny you just said that because I, I my immediately when Jay mentioned that my conspiracy theory senses went off. Like maybe they set him up, <laughs> you know? Maybe this yeah. was a setup to get out of that record? Why, exactly. why was she recording? I have two, three conversations a day. Because, you know, since, you know, texting came a thing in the last 20 years, I don't talk that much <laughs> on the phone. But I have never recorded anybody. I don't right. actually know how. I mean, right. I, I, right. you know, so who who does I hear recording phone conversations? Now, the text log, they did show that, you know, they text each other. And like Jay said, 
They were talking after midnight. It was, I forgot how many phone calls there were, but how many there were, the average length of the call was 27 minutes. Now, yeah. if you offended by something somebody's saying, you don't right. stay on the phone for 27 minutes, it's easy to hang up. Yeah. So yeah. somebody was like, got him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and you got to wonder how that conversation went. Who was, you know, who was, was she kind of dictating that conversation? Was she kind of like, you know, you know, letting it, uh, forcing that conversation to go a different way, you know, saying, okay, you know, asking them certain questions or, you know, requesting certain things, that, that things of that nature. You got to look at it in that way. Was she coercing him and, and, and you know, guiding him into getting into that? Because right after that, immediately, you know, she reported it to, to the Title IX office. Um, so you, you got to wonder if, you know, a, a red flag should have went off right there for anyone who's investigating. Was this a setup? You know, obviously he, she knew something that he liked, you know. It's a fetish. It's a liking. We we, we, we all know with the whole Design Watson situation, there are fetishes out there. You know, there are things that, that people are into, and maybe she played on uh, on that, and maybe she was – maybe she was – coerced by someone else to start, you know, like back to Jay's point as far as they wanted to get out of that deal. And then they found a way to, to do that, man. And I yeah, wouldn't put and, it past them. Go ahead. Go ahead and Kay Walt, the, the interesting thing too is like the university knew about this, I think like since January, but they were just keeping everything quiet. Like nobody was yeah. releasing the names or anything like that, but they knew about it. And then someone, and the reason why I think they wanted to get out of that contract is because then someone on the board leaked the names. So I, I okay. think they did right. that totally on purpose because they were like, you know what? We like Mel Tucker, but we don't like him $90 million worth. <laughs> so yeah, right. man, this, this thing is, is, is kind of messed up on, on every angle when you think about it. Yeah. And, and I don't want to sound insensitive by any stretch of the imagination with this, but isn't she a, a rape survivor too? So I don't understand yes. if you're a rape survivor, you wouldn't want to put yourself in that situation unless you were comfortable with the person that, you know, that you, that you were, you're having this conversation with, or you were, you're having this involvement with. So she didn't feel yeah. like, you know, he was somebody that was, you know, stalking her or approaching her and things of that nature. So you got to look at it that way too. And then again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to sound insensitive by any such an imagination, but I think there's a lot more going on, you know, with this situation that, that we need. Go ahead. Yeah, man, and the thing about a phone call is, like, if I'm uncomfortable, you know, I can just hang the phone up. You know? yeah, yeah, I don't have to stay on the phone, so it just makes the whole thing seem a little bit odd. And you yeah. can block a person. Back in our day when it was just a there landline, you, you had to take the phone <laughs> off the hook. Yeah, and, then, yeah. oh, yeah. and then your mama yelling, hang my damn phone up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but now, with a click of a button, you can block them. And then that's yeah. It. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it, a lot is going to be laid out, like Jay mentioned. You know, there's a, you know, there's still a lawsuit going on. We know that Mel Tucker is going to, you know, um, you know, file a lawsuit for, you know, obviously for obvious reasons. Will he get the whole seventy nine million? Will he get something? Will there be a settlement? Will there be, you know, a settlement with undisclosed amount? Um, you know, that remains to be seen. But, but yeah, it's a lot's gonna still be played out, but we had to bring this, you know, to your attention for sure because this is something big and it's it's a head scratcher for me too. But I'm not trying to just I'm not trying to uh, 
to to justify his actions by any stretch, whether he had a relationship with her, you know, or or not. He shouldn't just put himself in that in that situation because, in my opinion, they had a relationship. So you know, you got to be careful, you know, when you get yourself in, in, into that type of uh, in that type of situation for sure. For for anyone out there listening, you got to be more careful. Got to be more careful for sure. All right, good stuff there, guys. What we're gonna do? Let's grab our next break. When we come back, um, we're at the top. We're at the top of our second hour here. So I want to dive into some of uh, some some of the uh, the games that are coming up. One of just uh, some of our spotlighted games for both college and uh, and uh, NFL as well. We'll do a, a couple of them because we're kind of up against the clock because we do have Dr. T coming on at 820. He's going to talk about the injuries that, that have taken place, uh, you know, with Trayvon Diggs, as I mentioned earlier, Chubb uh, as well. So we definitely want to, Aaron, to, to dive into Aaron, that. Aaron Rodgers is what he wanted to get into tonight. Oh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers and, okay. The ter- okay. and the turf. Okay. All right. Aaron Rodgers in the turf, and, and we all know that Aaron Rodgers suffered that Achilles injury. So we definitely want to dive into that. So can't wait to get Dr. T on to, to discuss that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break here. Again, it's Sports Talk with Kay Walk and E. Scott. Never had it so good sports radio. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. Your skin isn't just skin. It's a beautiful reflection of every single thing you've been through in life. Which is why Dove Body Wash renews your skin's ceramides and strengthens it against dryness. For instantly softer, smoother skin, you can lovingly embrace. Renew the love for your skin with Dove Body Wash. Take your football game to the next level with the National Youth Football League. The National Youth Football League is powered by former NFL players and great coaches across the United States. They provide student-athletes with opportunities to play football year-round. Spring leagues in the greater Triangle area are now forming for ages 5 to 18. To pre-register, log on to NationalYouthFootballLeague.com. That's NationalYouthFootballLeague.com. from music recording artist Marcus Allen. Our accountants at Javis Tax Service won the state's best tax office in the state. They're open year-round to serve you from Columbia's only drive through office. Give them a call, 803-419-1001. That's 803-419-1001. And we are back. 
And again, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to Sports Talk with K Walk and E Scott right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, right now we are joined by our good buddy, uh, Mr. Jason Collins. Uh, Mr. Jason Collins, uh, you can catch, you know, check out Jason Collins. Jason Collins has a good um, uh, Jason Talks. Catch him on Instagram, Twitter, Thread, and uh, and Facebook as well. And you can catch him Tuesday nights uh, with myself and Brittany Jones on uh, the sidelines speaks on on. Uh, Oh, and live on YouTube, Twitter, Apple Pod, you, wherever you get your podcast, ladies and gentlemen, you watch it and you listen, um, please check us out. 7 o'clock on Tuesdays, uh, we go from 7 to 9 as well. All right, good stuff there. Um, e, want to switch gears here a little bit, want to talk to some NFL, and I want to do some spotlighted games here before we get Dr. T on it. And um, uh, the games, obviously, want to talk about tomorrow night's game between the Lions and the uh, and the Packers. Uh it's a battle of two and one teams. I don't know if you want to call them surprisingly uh, two and one teams. I think most people have these, you know, at least two and one um, going into this uh, game. It's a good matchup. It's a divisional matchup uh, for sure. Uh, we got the uh, you got Jared Goff, um, you know, led. They have a, a really good offense there, man. They got Gibbs, young kid Gibbs. They got uh, the running back there. They got T.J. Uh, uh, Hawkinson, excuse me. No, not, I'm sorry, that's, they traded him. I'm sorry. They got uh, Brown there um, as well. And Jerry Goff is playing some really good football. And I think, and I don't know, I've been saying this for the most part of the season. I know it's only three weeks, but I've been saying, I think Jerry Goff is one of the most underrated quarterbacks uh, in the NFL, man. I really do. And I don't think he gets enough credit uh, for what he has done. And, and, and of course, Dan Campbell-led team as well. But so what say you about this team, E, and how do you see this one fair now? Well, Jared Goff is terrible. Um, okay. We've seen his movies. He's awful. Now, the Ram um, movies. <laughs> now, they've been telling me that Detroit is good. I'm yet to watch them because they usually play at the same time the Saints have played. And then now Green Bay did beat the Saints last week, but that's only because the Saints gave the game away. So I fully expect Detroit, and I'm only going on hearsay because I haven't seen them play, to win okay. this football game. Because I saw Green Bay play, and there's nothing impressive about them. It's just so happens the Saints are even less impressive. So it's not like they went out there and dominated the Saints. The Saints just were terrible. And so um, I'm thinking Detroit should win this one because from what I've been hearing, Detroit is the best team in that division because Chicago's terrible. Minnesota's the best 0-3 team in football. And Green Bay is not impressive. So, again, how bad can Detroit be? And you and Ship been telling me all, this all along that they're good. So I'm going to go with Detroit in this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to here, man, because I think that you know, I agree with you. I watched that Green Bay Saints game, and I didn't want to text you, man, because I, I, I know what type of losses that those can bring, what type of emotions that those losses can bring. I've been there. I've done that, man. But, yeah, I, I think that the, the Lions, man, I, I think the Lions are one of those teams, and I've been saying this for a few seasons, a couple seasons now, I should say, is Dan Campbell? I, I think he has those guys ready to go, man. He he has those guys in every every in the mood to bite people's knee, kneecaps off <laughs> every single uh, every single week. But um, I think that you know you saw that in the first game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I, granted, I know there was no Travis Kelsey. Granted, I know that there was no Chris Jones. But 
if you're used to your, the same old Lions and you go into the Lions, you go into Arrowhead on a Thursday night, first game of the season of a, of a well-anticipated season, everyone's, you know, chomping at the bit to, to watch some football. They go in there and they beat the uh, they beat the Chiefs, the defending champs again. No Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. I get that, but still, they're not intimidated. They're ready to go in there and and win. So I really like this team. So with that being said, I like I like them against the Packers, man. I, I think they're a legitimate two and one team. Um, the Packers, I you know I think they they I don't know how they won that game. E, um, well I saw it, but you know I just don't know how they they pulled it off if. You know that, that especially with the and the Saints still had a chance to win that game at the end with that, that field goal. But um, I'm going to go with the Lions here, man. I trust Jared Goff more than I trust uh, trust Jordan Love. But Jordan Love is is a really good quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. Let me keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. And if you haven't watched him, watch him. He makes some great throws. He really does make some great throws. He's been without his number one receiver, Christian Watson, and he's been without his number one running back and Aaron Jones for the last couple of weeks. So um, that plays a part. And I think they're, they're both supposed to be back. But even them coming back, I still like the Detroit Lions here. But, Jay, what say you? Yeah, I'm I'm closer with the U.K. walk on Jared Goff. I, I think he's better than maybe some people think he is, definitely better than what he thinks he is. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, man, every time I talk about Detroit, I just say, like, pack your lunch. It's going to be a long afternoon. So they're going to they're gonna make you earn everything you get. The only thing that makes me nervous about this one is the game is at Green Bay. Um, yeah. So you know it, it can be tough to go on the road and get and get a win, but I think I'm gonna I, I think I'm gonna make it unanimous here and, and take Detroit in a really close one. All right, good stuff, good stuff. All right, next game here, where we got and we got the Dolphins and we got the Bills. We we talked about the Dolphins, um, you know, for the, the majority of the show at this point. You know, everyone's been talking about the Dolphins and that seventy point, you know, the performance that they put up against the Brock. They're going up uh, against the Bills. It's a one o'clock game, and so I think a lot of eyes are going to be on this game. And no mine will be for sure. Uh, we want to see what type of uh, team this is going to be. What type of offense are we going to see from the Bill? I mean, excuse me, from the Miami Dolphins? Can they keep it up? I don't know. We're not going to see 70 points uh, being put up on the board. But let's see how many points they can muster. You know, what type? Can they still, you know, keep that momentum going? Mike McDaniel's is starting to realize. And and the scary part about it, ladies and gentlemen, is that. They put up 70 points without their second-best receiver in Jalen Wilde that last uh, yeah, last week. So he's he's scheduled to come back. He was at practice today, looking good. So we're going to see how this one goes. But with that being said, he, this is a divisional, another divisional game. It's the AFC East. And, you know, a lot of people have the Dolphins already in the Super Bowl right now. And prior to the season, a lot of people had the Bills. How do you see this one playing? Well, this one, like you said, they're not gonna they're not gonna score seventy again, but that Dolphins offense does look good. I mean, yeah. because I mean, uh, Sean Payne's defense was terrible. Don't get me wrong, but the Dolphins offense did look good. And like you said, this was without um, Jay, without Waddle, Moster, extremely fast, Tyreek Hill, extremely fast. This other running back, I don't even know who he is, extremely fast. They got a lot of speed. On that side of the football, Tua is playing exceptional. I think they said he's holding the ball two. He's getting the ball out in two point yeah. four seconds. That's Brady esque, if you will. 
And then yeah. you also got to realize, too, um, they don't even have Jalen Ramsey playing yet. So I'm not going right. to say Super Bowl, but I am going to say contender. If we were to play, if we were to play contender or pretender, I would definitely make them a contender. And now, Josh Allen, we've talked so many times about yeah. him on this show. He came to the league was terrible. He was with Brian Dable for one year, looked like a superstar. No yeah. Brian Dable, he's back to terrible. So, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get from this guy. And Stephon Diggs is not happy. Their running game is not well. Josh Allen thinks he's the whole running game. I mean, I don't know. Um, but, you know, any given Sunday, like Jay just said, but I do yeah. expect, fully expect from Miami to win this football game. Yeah, a great stuff there. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we talked about another diva, man. I'm telling you right now, and I'm speaking from experience. Wide redeemers, we don't call them, I don't call them wide receivers. I call them wide redeemers. They're babies. And what do you? They're crying babies. We're, we're crying babies. And what do you do with a crying baby? You feed them because that's the reason why they're most likely they're they're crying because they need to be fed. So just feed them, and then you can stop hearing the crying and the whining and the things of that nature. So get get Diggs the ball, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, get Garrett Wilson the ball, you know, get get C.D. Lamb the ball, get all these 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 these, these cry babies the ball because that's what it, it, it makes for a better locker room. Trust me on that. But anyway, I took a little left turn there, e. I mean, uh, Jay. But what say you about this game? How do you see this one playing out? Look, man, uh, you know from our, our conversations last night, I'm, I'm really high on Miami. I think they're an excellent football team. But to me, man, they're kind of in the perfect situation to get beat this weekend. Like, you know, you're never as good as you think you are when you win. You're never as bad as you think you are when you lose. And if they're feeling themselves coming off of that 70-point win, yeah. I think going to Buffalo, man, they could actually get beat this weekend. It's going to be a tough physical football game. The games between the Dolphins and the Bills are always really good, physical, come down to the wire. And I agree with Eli. Josh Allen has been wildly inconsistent over the years. He did not play well in week one, but he's been a little bit better ever since then. So if he can kind of find himself at home, I, I think the, 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 um, the Bills are going to pull this upset off then. I think they're going to beat Miami. All right, Jay. Yeah, so, yeah, that, I mean, that's a great point. When you come off of, of putting up, um, you know, as many points as you have and you come back and, and you beat a, a, a team that's um, that's – that's hungry to uh, to go to the Super Bowl, hungry to make a deep playoff run, and it's a division rival. So you, and and they're at home, um, you know, as you mentioned, Jay. Jay, I, I had to bring this up. I'm looking at the schedule from 1995. That's when you and I played, and when we played each other, you, you played. You played us. Actually, no, I'm going to go to the Rutgers game because you guys kill Rutgers uh, as well. But you guys put up 59 points against Rutgers. <laughs> I know you put up 66 <laughs> against us. But the media game, you played Rutgers. But after that game, you guys played Wisconsin, and you lost 17-9. So I bring that up to bring up because of the same. I think that, you know, we're talking about a, a division rival, and at that time it was a conference rival for you guys. But, yep. um, yeah, I can see that happening, Jay. I mean, you make a great point there. It's a division rival. They're going to be feeling themselves. They're going to be reading all the papers. They're going to be reading, uh, you know, listening to all the podcasts. Hopefully they're listening to this one as well. But, um, yeah, I do see, see they, they could possibly take a step back. But this is one of those games where I think that we're going to see, to ease point, I think are, are we going to see Josh Allen 
um, take that step back? Is he going to be that that terrible guy that he was in the first, you know, before he got with Brian Dable? Because of the fact of the matter is, he's been playing a lot of hero ball, man. He's been playing a lot of hero ball. Stefan Diggs is not happy, man, and it just seems like he's just taking too much upon himself. I want to see how both of these teams um, come into this one. All right, I'm going to – you know what? I can't go against that offense, man, that Miami. I know Miami, it was one game, 70 points. It wasn't the record. But we've seen glimpses of this, and we thought that there was going to be an offense that we were going to see, but the fact of the matter is Tua wasn't as healthy. He hasn't been able to stay as healthy, you know, with the with the concussions. And, E, you mentioned – what, two points, whatever it is, two seconds, he's getting rid of that ball, has a lot to play into that. The quicker to get the ball, the quicker you get that ball out of your hand, the, you know, the, the chances of you getting hit uh, and, and chances of you getting a concussion are going, you know, the, the chances are going to go down tremendously. So um, I think that the Bills are going to make an adjustment. I want to take the Dolphins here, man. I want to, I do. And this is going to be a close one, ladies and gentlemen, but. I'm going to go, I'm going to go I'm going to go Dolphins here. I'm going to go Dolphins 23-20 in this one. I don't, we're not going to see a high-scoring game. Uh, I just think we're going to see a game that you know, a lot of the defense is going to be you know on their toes. So I'll take the Dolphins in a close one, 23-23-20. Uh, All right, next game here, E. Uh, where we at on time? Just want to take the time here. All right, E. We got the next game. We got your we got your Saints. Excuse me, I apologize, brother. We got your Saints and the Bucks. Two two on one teams. These are they're in a dome, um, and it's a it's another divisional another divisional game right here. And this is one of those another one of those divisions where it's really up in the air. I picked the Saints to win this division. E, how do you see your? Actually, you know what, Jay? I'm gonna start with you. E, I'm gonna save you for last because this is your team. But Jay, what say you about this uh, this matchup? <clears throat> Oh man, yeah, this is this is an interesting one because I have I've seen a little bit more of the Bucks than I have of the Saints. I've only seen little bits and pieces of the Saints on red zone. Uh so it, this is a tough one, but with the game being in New Orleans, I I think I'm just going to favor the home team in a, in a division rivalry. I think Tampa Bay has played better maybe than some people have thought they were going to play and Baker Mayfield has, has been serviceable, but I just mm-hmm. think at home um, you know, Saints coming off of a tough loss, I think they get a bounce back. So I'm going to take New Orleans in a close one. Yeah, I'm going to go with you in this one, Jay. And I, I don't think, from what I'm hearing, I don't think that um, Derek Carr is going to play. I think he mentioned earlier in the show that Jalen uh, Jalen Rams, uh, Jameis Winston is uh, scheduled to start. And I think this is going to be, um, you know, just the stars lining up for Jameis Winston. Because, okay, I'm uh, changing my pick, K Walk. I got Tampa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Hurtful. <laughs> Disrespectful. <laughs> but no, it really is. With that being said, with that being said, I'm still going to go with the Saints because I think it's going to be something where Jameis Winston goes in there. And he's a former Buck. We all know that. And, you know, even though, you know, he threw those interceptions, he set the record, you know, 
what he had, 33 touchdowns, 33 inter- 32 interceptions, 30 interceptions, whatever that number was. But unless I think he goes in there, he's motivated, and, and I, I, I like Jameis, man. For some reason or other, or I like Jameis. I think they're going to go in there. I think this is going to be one of the – I think it's going to be similar to the Packers game where it's going to be a low-scoring game because both of these teams have really good defenses. And it's all about, you know, that quarterback who's going to, you know, make that mistake. I think that's going to be the difference in this game. Um, and, you know, I trust – I know Baker has been playing good, but I still trust Jameis more than I trust Baker. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Saints here, twenty to seventeen. But he would say you, this is your team. Take it away, brother. So yeah, it has. Um, Derek Carr has been downgraded to out, so that okay. means Jameis is gonna start. And I think Jameis has something to prove because he's going up against his former team, the Bucks. The problem mm-hmm. the Saints are gonna run into is Taysom Hill. When Dennis Allen first got the job, he said the Taysom Hill experiment was over. Well, that didn't held on to be true. I cringe every time I see Taysom line up at quarterback because everybody in yeah. the world know what play is coming. I mean, it's just so easy to see. It, it bothers me that they do that. Now, we are in the Dome, and like I said, Jameis has something to prove. So hopefully he can get, you know, he gets reps with the first team this week. AK forty one is back on Sunday too, so oh, yeah, I'm gonna it. say I'm gonna say the Saints. I think it will be close, but with the addition of AK forty one, if Jameis can game manage, because like I've been telling people all along, and we started to see it Sunday, Baker gonna bait. Baker Mayfield is gonna be Baker Mayfield. The best thing mm-hmm. about Baker Mayfield is making commercials. <laughs> He's not that good of a quarterback. He had a first couple good games, but yeah. With a real Baker Mayfield, please stand up. And yeah, I think right. it's about time for that. So yeah, with, with AK forty one coming back on Sunday, and 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 Jameis being serviceable, if we don't see that much taste of meal, I think we can get this one on Sunday. I want I, we right. getting the dub. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I can see it being done. That the way that they lost last week was just this hurtful, and I think they bounced back uh, for that for sure. All right, next game here, man. Uh, I know we got. Uh, Dr. T coming on any moment now. So let's just, just make this real quick. Uh, e, we got the Cardinals at my 49ers. You know, Cardinals are riding high off of that win against the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I, I thought I think this helps the 49ers because of the fact that the matter is they may have fell into that trap where the Cowboys fell into, whereas they thought that the, the Cardinals were going to come in there and either, you know, cancel for Caleb or shut it down for Shador, whatever the case may be. Just – you know, go, you know, just not be interesting in winning a game this season. Um, and I had him going on 17, to be honest with you. So I'm glad I didn't put any money on that because that would have killed me. But nonetheless, the Cardinals are going into the 49ers. The 49ers are, you know, 3-0 and, and, you know, it's back-to-back home games here for the 49ers. Um, not sure what this, the, uh, the availability for Debo and Brandon Ayuk is. Knowing those guys, they'll probably be ready to go. But nonetheless, how do you see this one playing out? <clears throat> Well, I, I got the 49ers definitely in this one because when they got back, when Arizona got back in the locker room the other night, somebody was like, what in the hell y'all doing? How did y'all win that game? And they're like, well, Coach, we tried not to. Deck is just terrible. So we won anyway because, you know, like you said, they're taking for Caleb or, 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 or shutting it down for Shadour. So they can't go out here and just keep winning football games, and they definitely can't beat a, a good team because right. if you do that, 
you're going to be stuck with Kyler Murray next year or Dobbs. I mean, because it seems mm-hmm. like they want a divorce from Kyler Murray. So Dobbs might be the guy. But I, 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 I see San Francisco winning and winning pretty big because San Francisco, even if, even if Arizona tries their hardest, San Francisco is just a much better football team. All right. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Jay, what would tell you about this? Yeah, man. If they if they win two weeks in a row, there's going to be a bunch of guys that lose their job for playing too good because they don't want to win football games. They don't want to win football games. And, man, look, at the end of the day, San Francisco is just going to be too much for them. I, I think the 49ers win this one easy by, like, three or four touchdowns. All right, good. I'm not going to call it bull. I'm a fan, man. So I'm just going to say the 49ers win. They take care of business. They do. They know. They see what happens if you just let someone uh, stay around. You know, you can, they can build confidence. And if you're not taking them serious, they can take advantage of that. So good stuff. So that might be the new approach, uh, Jay. And so that's how you win games. And so you go and tell everybody, don't win games. And then they'll, they'll go against you. Maybe that's how you, you're supposed to approach it from now on. All right, next game here is a it's a prime time game uh, for the most part. It's a four twenty five game. Got Jay on here, so E, I want to ask you about this game. Got the Patriots and we got the Cowboys. And again, the Patriots, you know, they're a little shaky on offense, but the defense keeps them in the game. But what say you about this uh, this uh, this game and how you see this one playing out? My first question is why Dallas not playing at one o'clock. Where they supposed to be? Why are they being featured in the game of the week, uh, the first three weeks of the season, or either on Sunday night? That's that's America's team. Okay. Step two. (laughs) After this, after this loss they just came off of last week, I do fully expect them to beat New England head to death because um, your boy. Your boy may be the dirt, the quarterback from New England. What's his name? Mac Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. May be the dirtiest quarterback in football because he out here hitting people below the belt, purposely, yeah. and then kicking them. I, I, I don't like him. Bill Belichick. Look, well, it's hard to tell because I was going to say he looks like he's given up and he looks despondent, but that's how he always looks, and he even won six Super Bowls. So I don't know there. But it just seems like he realizes that he doesn't have the talent to compete. And, and I think Bill may be looking into retirement. I don't have any insider information on this, but he just don't look like the Belichick that we're accustomed to. And now Mike McCarthy, if you lose two in a row, you might get rolled up out of there. So Dallas has to win this game. Yeah, Jay, and, and I got to ask you, again, this is your team. And the Patriots are a, a, a team that can really, you know, I know they're going into going into to AT&T Stadium, and I know that the crowd is going to be fired up, and these guys are going to come out, and they're, they're going to be ready to play. I know, I mean, the Cowboys, I know they're going to be ready to play. But sometimes they can, you know, overplay too much, just as much as they can underplay as well. But and the Patriots are coming off of a, you know, a game, you know, that – they feel really good about themselves for the most part. And you look at this team, Jay, and it's a, it's a, it's a Belichick coach team. That defense is going to be really good. And, and if, Dak can't, if Dak is going to be Dak, this may be a long game. But how nervous are you? How nervous is the Cowboy Nation, if you will? And how do you see this one playing out? 
Yeah, man, this is a tricky game for Dallas. It really is, because yeah. I agree with E. Like, I think Belichick has definitely lost his fastball, for sure. But I think in moments, he's the one thing he can probably still do is scheme up some things to make Dak uncomfortable. And I think we're going to see that on Sunday. They, they still play pretty good defense in New England. So I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, and I, I feel like, I don't want to say, it's obviously, in week four, you don't want to say something's a must-win, but, man, right. Dallas really needs to win this football game. Um, and I think they will at home. Like, if this game was in New England, I might go the other way on it, but I, I yeah. expect the Cowboys to fully bounce back at home, play better, correct some of the mistakes from last week, get out of there with the win, and kind of right the ship, so to speak. So I, I like Dallas, man, by at least 10 points here. Yeah, I, I, as much as it pains me, man, I'm going to say the Cowboys, too. I'm going to take the Cowboys in this. I think they this is a must-win game for them. I know it's only the, the fourth game of the season, but it is a must-win game for them because of the way that they showed, the way that they uh, they came out last week um, and against that, that Cardinals team who may not win another uh, another game. So um, with that being said, I, I think they get it done. And, uh, and, uh, and I think Dak bounces back for sure. And – you know what? It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough in the beginning. It's going to be a lot of nervous people here, uh, Jay, for your for your team. And but nonetheless, I'm still going to take the Cowboys. Now I take the, I think the take the Cowboys. But the Cowboys can't make the mistakes that they made against the uh, the Cardinals and and their traditional mistakes, if, if you will, Jay, because of the fact that the matter is. I think that the uh, that the Patriots are a well coached team. They may not be as talented as, uh, as as the Cowboys, but I think sometimes you can win with a better coached team and a more disciplined team. And if the Cowboys can't show or you know can't prove that they're a disciplined team, it's, it may be three and two for these guys. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, two and two for these guys. Maybe two and two for these guys uh, for sure. All right, good stuff. So I uh, just got word that. Uh, that Dr. T is about to call in. I just want to touch on uh, you know a couple of games here or one game here in the in the, in the uh, college football ranks here. We got a you know a couple of games here and that I want to touch on and I want to touch on the uh, uh, the Notre Dame Duke game here. E. I know Duke is a is known for basketball and, and Notre Dame went down to Ohio State in that last play of the game. But we got 11 versus 17. Notre Dame is going into uh, is going into uh, into Raleigh there, not Raleigh. They're in Durham. Sorry, they're in Durham. And um, how do you see this one playing? Can the uh, can Notre Dame bounce back to you, or do you see? I don't know. On paper, it should be an upset. But what do you see? How do you see this one playing out? North, no, Notre Dame at Duke. Well, Duke is surprising. Um, at mm-hmm. playing well because I think either game day. Or, or the ESPN show, one is a big news set. One of the the pregame shows is at Duke this week, and I think that's the first time ever that has happened. Yeah. Because you know Duke is traditionally a basketball school, but they they are playing well. They're making noise in the ACC. But now independent Notre Dame, after that loss to Ohio State and Lou Holtz getting called out. Hopefully that that they gave them some bulletin board material and they can go in there and you know because like I think Notre Dame is a, a good football team but I'm gonna mm-hmm. actually go with the upset here I'm gonna go Duke yeah. in this one just because I I, I I'm shocked yeah 
I, I like Duke, man. I know we got we got Doctor T holding on. We'll be right with you. And yeah, I'm just gonna make this quick. I got Duke because I think Duke is uh, is they're at home and they're they're high powered offense. So I'm gonna go Duke. Uh, but Jay, real quick, uh, we'll say you about Notre Dame. Yeah, man. Duke has a really good football team. When they played Clemson, they stood nose for nose mm-hmm. with them, athlete for athlete. But I think Notre Dame bounces back and wins. Notre Dame is a seven-point favorite here, so I think yeah, Vegas yeah. knows something about this game, man. So I'm going to take Notre Dame. Okay, makes sense, man. That makes perfect sense. Anytime you see that number, you generally go there. So, And it is rigged, ladies and gentlemen. I'm convinced that uh, that's the betting world is rigged. All right, so with that being said, <laughs> with that being said let's bring in uh, Dr. T. Uh, Dr. T is uh, one of our callers who calls in and gives us, you know, um, the insight on uh, injuries, uh, especially uh, in this case it would be Aaron Rodgers and that Achilles injury that he suffered opening night, uh, opening day uh, through the Jets uh, for sure. So, uh, Dr. T, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, how are you doing this evening? Good, good, good. How's everyone doing today? Deuce Club. Doing well, doing well. It's happening, <laughs> my brother, one trade. Yo, yo. Yo. <laughs> Take it away, D. So, Dr. T, we wanted to have you on to talk about A.A. Ron's injury, and also, like uh, we were talking about, a lot of the pundits are saying, you know, Playing on turf versus playing on an artificial surface, why do you think that weighs in to the injuries that we're seeing? And specifically, I know you wanted to talk about um, A.A. Ron's injury tonight. Okay, cool. So let's 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 go with with uh, Aaron Rodgers' injury to begin. So the whole the, the makeup of the Achilles, right? Um, it's a it's a combination of things. So we have the the gastroc the soleus, the plantaris that attaches to the Achilles, which inserts into the heel. So the the um, Achilles tendon is the largest tendon in the body, okay, in the lower extremity. However, with that said, most people um, will typically tear that tendon in the third to fifth uh, decade of their life, right? So if you look at that, right, Without, like, factoring so far, like, before we even get to the turf factor, right, he falls in that, in that time frame already, right? So he, he's, in, he's within that age range. In addition to that, right, you got to think, right, when we, when we think, like, Achilles size, right, and it being the strongest one, what most people will think is that, okay, well, you know, the bigger I get, the stronger I get, the larger my Achilles tendon is going to grow. So, actually, that's, that's kind of not, not the case, right? So as these guys are getting bigger and stronger, like when you take like say you know Aaron Rodgers tendon and you probably compare it to Eric's tendon, they're probably going to be about the same size. So you got to think right. You're taking like a Ferrari engine and like dumping it on top of like a Ford uh, shaft mm-hmm. like bed. So even though like these guys can be able to build up other stuff, that tensile strength, like the the the, the size of it, is the same. And as we and as we age, that tendon strength also starts to decrease. So oh, that's why you that's why you're seeing that what we were talking about that third to fifth decade of life where most of the people will tear that Achilles. So if you look at him, he falls in that he falls in that in that age range, right? So when you think about like studies that have been done, because I know like the, the 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 other big thing is like well. Is he going to return? Can he return? Will he return this season? 
Yeah. Will he return? Probably. Will it be this season? Probably not. So oh, wow. think about it, right? In most in most cases, in most cases, the average person on average, right, is about a six month recovery. But when you look at the statistics of where these guys need to be able to play, uh, the average NBA player with Achilles rupture returns in ten and a half months. And NFL players return in 11 to 12 months. So when we think about when his injury occurred, and so when you probably will see him play, probably next season. Now, him being the competitor that he is, right, can he still play? I would say yes. Is he going to be more mobile than a lot of people? Yes. Is he going to be more mobile than Peyton Manning was? Absolutely. So, you know, to, to throw him under the bus and say, like, he's never going to, like, play again, I would say we're going to see him play. Will he have the same speed and mobility as before? That's the question that remains to be seen. But is he going to be a lot more mobile than a lot of the quarterbacks in the league? I say yes. Okay, Dr. G, let me ask you this. Was it, a, was it the contact that caused the injury? Was it the hit? Or is this something that just based on the wear and tear on his body, this was going to give anyway, given the high impact that he puts on his body due to his job? Okay. So this this is what I think has caused, caused his – these are the factors that I think that kind of like caused it, right? The player that was forcefully pressing down on him while his foot was in a plantar flex position, I think is like one of the main ones. Then – Recently, I think I, I read and noted, like, he had been dealing with, like, a slight calf strain, like, going into uh, the season. So he wasn't that, – that leg wasn't at 100% anyway. Oh, wow. And then the factor of age falling in that third to fifth um, decade, and I would say after that, I think then the, the surface is going to be, like, the last thing that we would look at with his injury, considering that his was – a it was a contact injury. It wasn't a non-contact injury. So I know we had talked, Eric, and, and, the, and the question is, is like, okay, is, is it turf or is it grass? So here's, here's, what, here's what systematic studies have currently shown, right? The new generation of turf somewhat has been the same injury rate as Grass, and that means, like, across all sports. Like, if we're dealing with soccer, if we're dealing uh, with cricket, like, any injury that's dealt with, like, grass to turf. However, if you look at football specifically, whether it be high school, collegiate, or professional, they found that the knee, the foot, and the ankle have more injuries in turf versus grass. Oh, wow. So, it's your professional opinion that they should be playing football on grass and not turf. I'm not gonna say it's my professional opinion, <laughs> but, but the research, the research that has been that has been delivered so far is showing that their <laughs> incidence rates are more with the foot, the knee, and the ankle. Are more injuries are occurring on artificial turf than grass. When it with now, respect with respect to to, to football players. Right. Now what I what I've seen and what I've heard since this debate started, 
a lot of these owners who own these big illustrious stadiums, you know, they want to get other stuff in there, like, you know, concerts and whatnot to make money. So you figure mm-hmm. if you got Taylor Swift up in there on Saturday night and then you try to play football <laughs> on natural glass on Sunday, something's got to give. And so they figure with turf, they can do a quicker turnaround and make the money, and they still claim it's safe for the players. Or, or, or it, is it not safe, and do they know it's not safe, and they just don't care? Um, I would say it like this. I think there's a lot of factors when it comes to um, being approved in a city to get a stadium played. There you um, go. <laughs> and when that, when that stadium is being built, I don't think that – I think that football is only one portion of the mm-hmm. equation of where you're going to make yeah. your money from. And yes, with that being said, um, you know, artificial turf is an easy way to go. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have yeah. to deal with the elements. I don't have to deal with a staff. I just roll it in, I roll it out, and we're ready to go. Versus, you know, someone with a grass stadium, you know, if you're trying to do concerts and um, different events and uh, the truck driving events and motocross and all that stuff, you're going to eat yeah, up the grass. You've got yeah. different bands coming in to play at halftime. They're going to eat up the grass, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we know that the NFL is a money-making business, right? True, mm-hmm. true. <laughs> okay. And look, and we all know that um, even though they got the best medical staff, um, they they are available to get readily things that help see up recovery. Um, at the end of the day, those players are getting paid a lot of money. That owner wants a, a high return on investment, and sometimes players, you know, get pushed to go back out as soon as they need to be. Uh, we can look at RG three with that case, right? Oh yeah. He he kept playing and and his career was done. So. If if I don't, you know, not saying anything about the NFL, I don't know, but sometimes I think players just get pushed back a little bit sooner than they need to. Good yeah, point, so what, what, what we're going to do, Dr. T, we're going to bring you back next week to talk more about some of the other injuries like Trayvon Diggs and Nick Chubb because we're up against yeah. the clock tonight. But um, we're up against the clock right now. But, yeah, I want to appreciate you. I do want to thank you for calling in. We appreciate your medical expertise because, you know, a lot of times we just clown around, but we want our listeners to know, you know, we can bring in experts with actual medical degrees. There you go. <laughs> right. And doctors get knowledge on us. So, yeah, what we're going to do, Dr. T, we're going to bring you back next week and continue this discussion. For sure. Appreciate you. For sure. Looking forward. All right, man. Thanks for calling in, Duke's Club. All right. Appreciate it. Watch right. Yo. All right. Yo, yo. (laughs) Good stuff. Good good stuff there, as always, uh, Dr. T, giving us the knowledge. And, again, like uh, like he said, his medical opinion, his professional opinion as well, ladies and gentlemen. He and I can give our, you know, so-called opinions on that and, you know, how it is. But when we bring in someone, uh, an expert who can actually break it down for you, um, it, it makes it even better uh, for sure. So what we're going to do is that time of the night, ladies and gentlemen, if you are new to the show, stay on your toes. If, you, if you're a longtime listener, you already know it's that time. Sports, it's uh, East Scott's entertainment segment. Kay Walk and East Scott never had it so good sports radio. Uh, <laughs> how you do that there? How you do that there, New Orleans, Baton Rouge? How you do that there, Lafayette, St. Charles? How you do that there, Shreveport, Mississippi? How you do that there, Alabama, Atlanta? How you do that there, Florida, 
I mean, just because that feels like it might be right. Um, But I I don't know, man. I'm going to say Washington, D.C., final answer. Kayla. I oh I don't know Gino though I dang so I'm gonna say New York City final answer I don't know <laughs> no it's actually San Augustine Florida they're the oldest incorporated city in the United States uh, uh, I would have never got that yeah right uh, <laughs> let's see K Walk will you all right give me number twenty <clears throat> let's see number number twenty what is the call sign for the president's helicopter. Oh, uh, I know this. I know this. Uh, uh, I know this. Uh, what is that? Is it Chapachi? Chapachi? Um, what is that? Hold on, guys. Um, no. What is, oh, my God. What is that? Marine One. Final answer. Marine One is the correct answer. Oh, Jay, well, you. All right, give me number three. Number three, number three. The Nina, the Penta, and the Santa Maria were sailed to the New by whom? Um, it, it had to be Christopher Columbus, right? Final answer. Christopher Columbus is the correct answer. Okay, well, where I'm are you? Trouble. I'm in trouble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Give me, let me see where I'm looking at. Give me number seven. My man Jermaine, he always comes through for me. Number seven, Daily Devil. I see oh. I told you. The score yeah, tied at ten. The, the score tied at ten each. How many you want to risk? All right, uh, I, I gotta save some, man. You know what? Let's do it all in, man, because I'm in a no-win situation. I'm all in. Let's, card, let, let's, uh, let's uh, Arizona card on this up. <laughs> okay. What is What was the first American state? Oh, that um, – I always get this confused with the smallest state. I think it's uh, – I always want to say Delaware, but I don't know why. Um, is it Delaware? Delaware, final answer. Why would I see Rhode De- Island? Delaware is the correct answer. Uh, so you got it, Daily Double. Jay, where right. are you? All right, give me number four. Number four, what is the name of the ship that the first settlers came to America on? Name of the ship? Uh, Mayflower, final answer. Uh, Mayflower is the correct answer. We got ourselves a game. K-Walk. Two daily doubles yeah. out there. Jay's about to pull away with this one. <laughs> I know how it feels. <laughs> um, give me number, where we at here? Give me number 15, one five. <clears throat> number 15, what was the last state admitted to the union? Oh, um, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm going to say Hawaii, final answer. I don't know. Hawaii is the correct answer. Jay, where are you? Give me number five. Number five, number five. What day is Veterans Day observed? What's the date? Veterans Day is observed. I know we celebrate this at school, so I just need (laughs) to think about it. Yeah, I know this. No, no, I think it's November 11th, I think. Final answer. 
November eleventh is November eleventh is the correct answer. Uh mm-hmm. All right. Um let me see if uh where are we at? Uh let's see two, three, six. Give me six. <clears throat> number six. Who is credited with creating the American flag? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know either, Jay. Um She used to be on Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> Schoolhouse Rock. Uh I mean, no, that's just who I can't. I'm about. No, 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 no. No, I know, I know. But no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, answer, I don't know either. Um, I know it's a female, but I can't think of it. Um, I don't know. Harry Tubman, finally. So I know it's not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sound like Special K with the, with the ridiculous answer. Uh, let's see. Jay, you can see him. I don't know it. I find no answer. Betsy Ross. I should have knew that. I should have knew that. Jay, we owe you. All right, give me number nine. Daily Double. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Let's see, Jay, you have 5, 10, 15, 20, K-Walk has 25. Uh, I'll, bet, I'll bet 10. Okay, for 10 points, Abraham Lincoln was the U.S. president during the Civil War. Who was the Ooh. Confederate president? Oh, uh, I know this. I know this. Um, the Confederate president during the Civil War. During the Civil War. <clears throat> oh, I know this. I can't think of it. Um, shoot, I can't remember. No, wait. Let me think. Let me think for a minute. I mean, I I taught this last year, and I can't remember. Um, <laughs> Jay, you gonna get fired? Phone, <laughs> phone, <laughs> phone a student, Jay. Well, it may be too late to phone a student, but uh, okay. <laughs> I want to say I'm not sure. I don't know. I gotta say I don't know. Final answer. Darn it. The correct answer is Jefferson Davis. Oh man, I should have knew that. Hall. J.D. Hall. Yep, that's it. Uh, okay, well, we're on you. All right, give me number um, 11. Daily Double, the last one. <laughs> Jay dropped down to 10. K-Walk, you have 25. All right, I'll do uh, – let me do 10. I'll do 10. Okay. That's For good. 10 points, what city was JFK shot in? Oh, ah, uh, mm. that's tricky. Yeah, I know this one though. Um, uh, it was I know this. Um, do I know this? Was it uh, Texas? No, was it was it Houston or that? That was it. Dallas. Final answer. Dallas is the correct answer. He was shot on the West End in Dallas. Have you ever seen Erica Badu's video, Window Seat, um, where she takes her clothes off? That's actually at the West End, where she does that when no one knew she was going to do that. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's just a little trivia. (laughs) Uh, Jay, where are you? All the Daily Doubles are gone, but we got plenty. We got a plethora of questions. All right, give me number 10. 
Number 10, number 10, number 10. What is the name of the theater in Washington, D.C., where Lincoln was assassinated? Um, I know this one. That's Ford Theater. Final answer. Ford Theater is the correct answer. Okay, well. All right, give me number 13. Uh, No, give me number 13. I'll do 13. 13. Number 13. Who was the first black man to serve on the Supreme Court of the United States? Thurgood Marshall, final answer. That is correct. Jay, where are you? All right, give me number 12. Number 12. MLK, Martin Luther King, was shot in Memphis. What is the name of the motel where he was shot? Oh. I've actually been there. Mm. I don't know the name of the motel. Um, I don't know. Final answer. I don't know. I don't K- remember. K-Walk. K- yeah, I don't know, brother. Um, I'm not even going to pretend like I know. I'm just going to say the message and I don't know. No. <laughs> no. It was the Lorraine. The Lorraine. Lorraine, okay. okay. Lorraine okay. Motel is where he was shot. Uh, K-Walk, where are you? Uh, 14. Uh, 14, what is the date of the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor? Uh, month, date, oh, year. We, we, yeah. We're looking for um, month, date, year. Month, date, year? Oh, month, oh okay. The month, the date, oh, yeah, yeah, year. Duh, duh, I, well, I know this one, K-Wall. I, mean, I, I know, yeah, I know <laughs> this one, too. It's December 7th. <laughs> and the reason why I know that, Jay, because Denise, Denise is born on December 7th. Jay. That's why I That is the correct answer. I almost messed Jay. up big time there, Jay. Let's see, Jay, we got 16, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, give me 16. 16. What year was the Civil Rights Act enacted? Um, when they gave you inwards and rights, what year was that? <laughs> for some reason, I, 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 1963 is coming to mind, um, but I don't know if that's exactly right. Um, I'm going to say 1963, final answer. Incorrect. K-Walk. Dang. It, it was the year after, Jack, I believe, 1964. 1964 is the correct answer. K-Walk, we're on you. All right, give me what we had here. We got 17. We'll just go in a row. 17, 18, and 19. 17, who was the first man to walk on the moon? Neil Armstrong, final answer. That is the correct answer. Uh, 18 and 19. I'll take 18. 18, who is credited for starting the Montgomery bus boycotts that led to the Civil Rights Act. A roll the parts, final answer. That is correct. And the last question question for you, what was the first state to legalize medical marijuana in 1996? Okay, well, oh, wow. I'm going to say California. Was it California? Final answer? I don't think that's it. California is the correct answer. Oh, wow. So let's see. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. You've written 60 points. I'm smart enough. 
And they finished with 20. Daily Double kind of got it. <laughs> so, so, Jay, you, you let me down. Jay, I broke this category. Yeah, for you. man. I I'm, took a I beat. Call, too. I took a I beat. Gotta call a, I got to call the Metro Atlanta School Board and see what you do for the cheer. Yeah, <laughs> man. They might revoke my certificate, man. <laughs> so, uh, here, here's what's the music if we, if we have any authority. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> Medals round my neck because I won, I won. Now my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I might call off for work tomorrow. Yeah, I might call them. I used up my brain power for the night, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looks like we got like a couple minutes left. Can't walk. I know you always like to give us a parting shot, if you will. Indeed. Go ahead and take indeed. us on home. All right, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. And, E, I forgot to tell you, man, I looked at the numbers um, last week, and I forgot to hit you up with it. Uh, tremendous numbers, ladies and gentlemen. They're, they're growing um, uh, for sure. So continue to, to support us. We appreciate it. And, um, and continue to listen and give us any feedback, any topics that you want to, uh, you know, you want us to talk about or touch upon, you know, whether it be sports-related or it, it, could, it could be life stuff, too, as well. Because, like E always says, we like to – in 14, okay? So we like to inform you and entertain at the same time. So uh, so keep it up, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we do appreciate that. And Jason Collins, thank you so much for joining us, taking the time out. Jason, you're busy schedule yes, for joining sir. us for sure. And Dr. T, thank you so much for, uh, for calling in as well. And like I do always uh, every week, ladies and gentlemen, I like to leave you guys with something positive. Tonight I'll leave you with this. Success is like yourself, liking what you do and liking how you do it. All right, for E. Scott, I am K. Walk. For Sports Talk with K. Walk and E. Scott, God willing, we'll talk to you next week. Yo.